join us again on Inside the 46 Parallel for part two of Ham Ham Who's Got the Ham, the inside world of ham radio operators. Right here on Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island. And we're back on Inside the 46th Parallel on Island Waves. Our guest today is Dr. Alan D. Beck. And he's telling us all about the world of ham radio. How are you doing, Alan? Good. So Good. Still with us? Yeah, yes. still with it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Still got the brain going. All right. So we were talking about your tower. No euphemism there. We're talking about your tower, your, your broadcast tower, so to speak, in a way. Yes. Oh, it's multifunctional. But yeah. I recently uh, discovered that um, uh, two, well, two antennas were too close together, and it burned out a receiver. Really? Never in my whole life have I ever burned out a receiver, and I'm just paranoid. <laughs> you and someone else, or no, your no, two towers? But, but one antenna was transmitting too close to another in the same frequency band, and it fried the, fried the uh, receiver transistors. In, on your facility, yeah. Okay, but how that. would you have known that? That's right. So Until somebody else had a tower, and it was too. No, no, oh. my, me on my own tower. Your own tower. Yeah. Well, so you have two towers. No, I have multiple ta- antennas on the tower. Ah, it's never been a problem. Gotcha. So, so I. Anyway, so two antennas uh, fried the yeah. No, yeah, two antennas too close fried the receiver gotcha. of one receiver, and uh, that made made me feel very sad. <laughs> Uh, to say the least. Yeah. $500. <laughs> $500 oopsie. Yeah. So yeah, uh, well. about the money, um, there's many ways of doing ham radio. The, the first one is you go out, you get a license, you buy a radio, you put it on a desk, you put an antenna outside, get, to, get your microphone, sit down in front of the radio and talk, and that's all they do. Everything. So that that would be amateur. The whole yeah, but wouldn't that be called amateur ham radio operator? Amateur radio and ham radio are the same things. Just are once they? it's a vernacular. Well, thing. to me, it's like a biker and then a, a lawyer who's a weekend biker. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, no, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. <laughs> amateur radio means that we are not professional radio operators. Uh, yeah, but okay. Back in, and this was, but remember, maybe this there's varying means, degrees. All this came. From ham radio in its beginnings and when it was growing, in the, uh, gee, the it was, ham radio was uh, the furthest back I can remember is twenty year nineteen uh, twenties, hmm. as there being you know, designs coming out of it. It is an antenna design called a Wyndham, um, which which is fed at the one third point uh, along the wire, and. Um, it was developed in 1920 by a guy by the name of Wyndham. Uh, and it's, I have on my house, I have an actual Wyndham antenna uh, that I'm using for my shortwave, uh, all of my shortwave right now. Because they still make them or because you happen to find one? I, it, I can it, make one my own. Okay. Uh, but uh, I happen to find one at an estate 
that uh, that uh, it just looked like a bunch of curled up wire on the floor, so I grabbed it, and later mm -hmm. on I realized what I had. They were cleaning out Grandpa's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I called it dead guy gear. <laughs> yeah, well, I was trying to be polite, but that was my first thought. Yeah, first blush impression. Yeah. Dead guy's gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we only hope our kids don't do that. <laughs> I have it all marked. Don't they, you dare sell no, this. <laughs> nobody... I I have I have a friend who I I've asked uh, you know, uh, if he's still around when I am if he can distribute <coughs> the gear. But my intention is to distribute the gear to people who are, cannot afford it. Cannot afford it or might appreciate yeah. it. Well, my my short wave set is uh, sixteen hundred dollars. No, no, but I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. I, I understand your altruism, but are you more focused on that they can't afford it or that it would be somebody that would maybe can't afford it but would sincerely appreciate it because there's yeah. a big difference? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there sure is. And it's a, and it, my, I, I don't buy cheap, junky radio gear. No, so. I would imagine not. You've been at it a long time. Yeah. And it's your, it's your baby. I have five Morse code keys. You have what? Five Morse code keys. Oh, wow. The actual... Did it, did it, did yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think was the first Morse code broadcast? Do you have any idea? What do you think they first transmitted? Are Signal you there? Hill hmm? was one of the first. No, I think it was done in Europe for a while. The, they, uh, they used a style of Morse code that was not universally accepted, I think. And then along came Samuel Morse, mm. who standardized, standardized, it, yeah. standardized it, and it became the International Morse Code. Right. And that's what we use today. Where was Samuel Morse from? The States. <laughs> <laughs> so, because, um, uh, okay, I cut it, it was sort of a rhetorical question, because I'm thinking, uh, as in that's why I got standardized. <laughs> We're going to broadcast something, make sure everybody knows it. We're not going to have imperial and linear. <laughs> no. no so or then imperial was... and metric, right? I guess more li than linear. So, so that was my uh, bearing of my soul about breaking a radio. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, through adversity comes, uh, well, courage, but uh, through mistakes come wisdom. Yeah. So you didn't do that again. And mm -hmm. if you, if and when, and you do lecture, and because I think these things have to be, and the purpose of a little bit of this broadcast is to um, pass this on to the younger folks. Like yeah, we were talking about this earlier, it's not just Minecraft and Roblox that there's another life that there's a whole other thing that you could learn and it's useful would you, and it's fun would you believe the, the i i can't believe the number three a week three a week of ham radio operators dying wait of what? old age oh get out yeah three a week hmm that's quite a statistic. Two, yeah, one, because one, of one age or because they have their headphones on too long and their wife came down they, and they, they didn't want a frying pan just plain kick the bucket mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah so the uh, people are fearful that the um that the amateur population is dropping off mm. rack uh the radio amateurs of canada group they told me that there was oh i don't know the number now 19 in 1980 there were x amount of hams and then in in, in 2002 there was suddenly uh no 2000 and uh 18 or something like that there was 
maybe 5,000. I, I don't remember the exact number, but it was huge. The, the difference, and they're, they're not sitting around on short wave. No, the, these people are not on short wave. They're, they're off doing experimenting and, uh, and using uh, VHF and UHF radios, digital voice. Well, I was going to say, is it now married into new technology? Oh, yeah. Well, the Raspberry Pi computer is used extensively by ham radio operators. I have, I have a setup at my house that does something called uh, multi-mode digital voice modem, MMDVM. And its purpose is the, the manufacturers all came, came up with their own way of doing digital voice. Digital voice comes out very, very clear. There's no noise. Mm. Um, and, and as a result of that, it's very easy to communicate with, and it's the new thing. Uh, so my modem at home goes through, like, uh, like every manufacturer. Okay, for instance, D-Star... Um, is is a company called Icom. Uh, Yesu has was uh, Fusion. That's their their style. Uh, DMR is the internationally accepted style for I think, digital radio mondial or something like that. Uh, digital mondial radio, something like that. Anyway, so that's another mode, and there's a couple of others I won't get into. But my modem sits and scans. Hmm. It's all it does. It sits and scans, looking for looking for a carrier to come up on any of those modes. It detects it and turns it on for that mode, and hooks up with the internet to a server, which then distributes uh, the um, my, my signal worldwide. Potentially worldwide, you can set it up for just PEI. You can set it up right. for whatever you want with you you know on the server. But um, so you had to marry in your old technology into this new technology, no, just so to speak. Did, Did no, you have to get all new equipment, or are you still using? I, I have uh, I have a um, I have a Yaesu Fusion handheld. I have a DMR handheld. I have um, I don't have D Star anymore. And but I how have is conventional this... FM handhelds. Hmm. That was my next question. How is this different, say, from? What you were doing when you first started with it, the equipment? Well, the, the I mean, the technology jump was massive, and you had to go with it. You you had to move with it. I was feeding the addiction. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but the, I could think of worse addictions, and yeah, I mean, okay, we won't call it an addiction. We'll call it a passionate hobby. <laughs> Everybody's got to have one. It's an that's outlet. What we, it's that's therapy. That's what we say to new users. <laughs> or, Welcome or to the addiction. Or, or crazy old people that put studios in their homes <laughs> and try to have a radio station. Um, no, it's fascinating, but I'm going to go back to um, the subs. Well, what would you call them? Users or subscribers? I mean, or what do you Licensees. call Licensees. Licensees, okay. So I, I guess there's so many questions in my head. One of them being you said about the ebb and flow of the amount of licensees i keep mm. wanting to call them subscribers but licensees so you said in the 80s and 90s it was it was less it was less mm. did you think do you think that it peaked in like say 2001 after like a crisis like 911 because people were freaking out and thinking i need a way to be able to communicate that is other That's than off it. the grid I, I call those guys preppers 
Right, but did they stay? So, so they despite get the between and then they hold, then they don't talk to anybody. Right, but they have it. But they have it. So, kind of, yeah, kind of like what they do with gun sales. We no. won't go there another show, but um, mm. so uh, so it peaked, and then between say we'll say give it a year, two thousand two, and the next ten years, two thousand twelve. Did it stay the same? Did it peak? Did it drop off? It was rising. There is no peak yet. It's so, rising. Okay, so between, we'll say, 2001 for a benchmark, and today, 2022, where's the, where are the numbers? I know you said a lot of people are, are I want to say, well, matriculating into the afterlife. but It's, um, either, it's either the last number was 5,000 or the beginning number was 5,000. Worldwide? The, no. Uh, Canada. In Canada? Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Amateur so that's radio. pretty good. In Europe, it? amateur radio is called radio sport. Mostly in Germany. They should be calling that here. Yeah. We do... Uh, uh, one of the things that keeps amateur radio alive are contests. There's a well, lot of people... Who and that one of the things that keeps radio alive are contests. <laughs> Get your listeners involved. Okay, well, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, contests uh, where you're trying to get the no a certain number of points, like one contact is one point, but if I go outside and I set oh, up... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say contacts or contests? Um, contacts. Contacts. Within Mis the contest. I misheard you. I thought you said con... Okay. And also... Gotcha. Um, also, for instance, if I took my low Earth orbit satellite gear outside and set it up, and I made a contact, it's uh, 100 points. Is that like likes? In the contest. Right. It's not likes, it's just gathering numbers. But, like, say if somebody was young, is that how they could relate to it as likes? When they get no, likes? I think they're, they're young, young people catch on to proper use of uh, Morse code very quickly. So, I've spoken to many, many children. I know their kids, maybe 13, uh, uh, well, mostly on the satellites. They tend to gravitate to technologies like that. One thing that I do is I, I and I've wanted to do it all my life, and I finally decided I'm going to buy the radio and do it, mm. is low-Earth orbit satellites. Okay, and that is what? Um, low-Earth orbit satellites are satellites that um, that orbit uh, orbit the Earth around 300, 300 kilometers up, I think, mm -hmm. and and others go as high as five hundred kilometers. Mm -hmm. And the higher a satellite is off the Earth, the bigger the uh, the the area that it can cover. It's called a footprint. Okay. It's a circle. Yeah. And you bring the satellite down in, like at 300, and you end up with, uh, with a small circle. So the higher, the bigger circle, but you have to have more radio power to go up to it to get it. So I have a terrible time with one of the satellites that's, uh, that's up there. I'm not equipped properly for it. So you don't have the satellite. You're accessing these satellites. Like an Elon Musk satellite, is that well, apples yeah. and bananas there? or? That, that would be sort a, mi of? a microcosm, really, of what Elon Musk. So these satellites are up there. You're just accessing them. Yeah, they, they, um, the first really uh, big ones with FM. They're FM satellites, some of them, 
and those are the easiest to, easiest to talk through. Right. And they're they're four inch cubes. It's ten centimeters by ten centimeters by ten centimeters. And they're just up in space. And they uh, they have uh, the the antennas that fold out off them. Right. And they're up orbiting the Earth at roughly seven thousand two hundred kilometers per second. Per second. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I can't get my head wrapped around that. And oh, I guess <laughs> they're moving maybe, fast. <laughs> maybe I'm going to ask the question that that maybe our listeners are are thinking is how do they get up there? <laughs> Um, Who put them up there? Well, uh, we, on all things that are amateur radio, we we lean on uh, the benevolence of uh, people and organizations to allow us to install equipment, and th and this because uh, we don't have money, we don't pay anybody. Right. Um, so the amateur radio satellites came from various. Uh, organizations that put satellites up, we just got put in there. That's why we have these four-inch cubes, and they load them into what they call a pea pod. And they're uh, physically or technology. Physically in a in a in a, in a, uh, in, a in a box that's about I don't know uh, six uh, satellites long, and they just uh, shoot them out of the rocket. <laughs> Who uh, shoots them out of the rocket? Ground control. <laughs> to Major Tom, <laughs> it's basically it's basically that they uh, that they get uh, deployed as the ro rocket opens up. It's, it's cowling. It they perhaps shoot out one, and then with the saddle, the uh, rocket goes a little bit further. They take out one, and then another. There's a few that are rapid. Uh, XW. There's there's a few Chinese satellites that are right right after one one another. Like we're talking maybe 15 minutes before I get them. The orbit of a satellite is something in the order of 90 minutes to 100 minutes. Okay. But it shifts. So then you go from one satellite to the other as yeah. you're coming around. Gotcha. Yeah. So it, it's sort of the only thing I'm trying to equate to is sort of like the, the Bell satellite towers it may be Bell but then on there you might have they have to so that satellite for your availability to use is kind of like the the phone towers. Bell owns it, and then they lease out space to the like. No, no, no not, not that, that at all. No, it's well, completely free. But I'm just trying. Oh, it's completely free. Completely free. So the ham radio association or group or whatever just lobbies say, and I'm going to use them. I'm not a fan of Elon Musk or Bill Gates or. Well, those guys Bozo don't play a role in it. Nothing. Not at all. Not at all. They don't exist. So the uh, the the Amer AMSAT, which is the American uh, Satellite Association. Oh, it's they, the satellite. They um, oh, it's the actual satellite. The proprietor of the satellite. Yeah, we, we they get money gets collected by AMSAT. They build a satellite. Gotcha. They go and find somebody like China or uh, or the Russians or somebody to to allow their satellite to be in their rocket. With all the other payload, it's not just the Hampstead, we're in auxiliary. And uh, sometimes the satellites don't work. When they get spat out, they don't work. So there's got to be millions of them up there. Oh, goodness, there's a lot. Jesus, that's what they you, mean you by the, So that's what they mean with the heavens littered with satellites. And do they ever go defunct or, you know, like crash yeah, when they to die, space? When they yeah, die so what happens? Do they just explode? Commercial or? ones would be... Uh, 
retrieved? Would be, uh, uh, I think they used to throw them further away from the Earth into another orbit. Still, just... But uh, I don't think it would be entirely polite to have them come down, come down no. on the ground. And has it always been this way, or is that part of the new yeah. technology? Okay. Well, Anik, uh, commercially, Anik, um, give this straight, Anik E1 lost its spin stabilizer. So they had also there, near that orbit, Anik F1 and F2. Wiggle your mouse. And, uh, and, and that, that had to be um, replaced somehow. And what they did was they put a satellite in behind the other satellite, Anarchy 2. Anik F3 got behind it and they turned it into one satellite called Anik F2. That's happened in the 80s or early 90s. So they build it, they launch it, and they maintain it. Yeah, you maintain it. Okay, one last question on the technical end. Why do they let you guys have it for free? Is Altruism. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they go, you know, that goes as far as a tax receipt. Generally but... <laughs> speaking, if I want to put a ham radio piece of equipment somewhere, I have to go find somebody within the structure who's um, uh, sympathetic to the amateur radio cause. As an example, right now we're having a problem with our repeater in Montague. It's mm. getting interference, mm. and we know it's not going to go away. So my plan is to go and find a place to put a receive antenna mm. and then uh, link it back on, on UHF, uh, ultra-high frequency, around 400 megahertz. So this uh, VHF around 140, one, uh, 147 uh, megahertz, which stands for a million, million cycles per second, uh, would be at, uh, well, I'm... There are there are a few uh, places I'd like to put it. Uh, church steeple would be nice. That would be nice. So um, you need something with elevation. Apparently, the church steeple at the church does the best has a uh, problem with uh, bird feces. <laughs> they, <laughs> they all do anything with the steeple does, yeah. but there's ways you know they can get around that, which would interfere with mm -hmm. any kind of structure. So I haven't talked to them about it yet. Yeah. Uh, my my second pass. But I, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, I, I may as well go and talk to people. Why not? And uh, so I, I'm planning on talking to the pool. I'm even planning on talking to the high school. Oh, yeah. I think I might be able to get, get a little sympathy there. You know how you can get the sympathy there is uh, get them involved with it and mentor. And that's I, my next question is, um, well, let me start by... Uh, preface this by asking how many uh, licensees are there in Montague for example or maybe I should be broader and say shall Prince we, Edward Island shall, shall we in, include New Perth and Georgetown uh, okay let Three. me let, let, <laughs> let, let me broaden that how many licensees are there on Prince Edward Island a surprising amount um, that's good yeah a doing without doing the math I'd guess 50 to 75. That's really good for yeah. our population. Uh, 
the demographics. But these, are, these are guys, I'm including people who are active and inactive. Right, okay, that's okay. Because, again, if you have your license and you don't use it, that's just being discretionary mm -hmm. or lacking your passion or whatever, or the wife's coming at you with the frying pan. Mm -hmm. Go figure. Okay, uh, demographics, age. What's the median age of the 50 to 75? Uh, 40s to 60s. Okay, and then what is the gender? Mostly male, mostly female, mix? Uh, mix with uh, mostly male. This is what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, again, you know, growing up at a different in a different time zone, um, it was mostly the the jajis and the and the uncles mm -hmm. that did it. And that, he had his space, and you know, like uh, Chutka, which was mm -hmm. my great great aunt. Uh, you didn't go in there. She didn't even go in there and clean. All right, but uh, and she called him to lunch. But, um, yeah, it was, well, there it was, was definitely a, more of a guy thing, right? There was, uh, perhaps. And so was broadcasting, really, the field. Having yes, broken uh, into it myself once upon a time, mm. it was, I was the only woman, mm -hmm. you know. And, yeah. Well, my thoughts on, um, on uh, these things, it's an old term uh, that's used still today, and it's called a ham shack. A ham chick? A ham shack. Oh, ham shack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind so of like. they used to get they, the, the radios got stuffed in the backyards in a shack. Oh. And the antennas got off the shack, and that that's was. Uh, I think you just found your new Etsy product. <laughs> Forget about smelt and fish shacks for the ice. Let's just start building ham shacks. <laughs> well, I think. Do you think that maybe you know with what's going on? Uh, well, COVID for one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, which brought people a little bit more back to the roost or centralized them or made them realize that, you know, everything that we're spinning our wheels for, that we can do in half as much time and in our own backyards mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, do you think it's going to increase? the uh, and, and then given the global situation, do you think gonna it's going to increase? thing on Ham Shack. Oh, okay. Sorry. Traditionally, the, the radio room is now called, my radio room is, is, is a Ham Shack. Oh, okay. It's in the basement and it's a room. Yeah. Well, you're lucky to have the space. Yeah. And you're not digging down. It's already there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Well... I, so do you find that it, you, so going back to the high school, uh, that could be an interesting partnership for you because um, it would get your, it would get the, you know, the use of their building or mm -hmm. whatever to mount, but it would perhaps gain you a new audience or a, a more captive audience of, I think mm -hmm. new, new, I think kids are looking for a challenge other than TikTok, which that's a whole other show because mm -hmm. I don't, I just yeah, um, but the fact that it's so fascinating and it involves all those steps and all those procedures and and the knowledge, not just opening up a microphone and seeing how many times you can fart in a pickle jar, you mm -hmm. know, like TikTok, but um, that you know you have a responsibility, which I'm guessing that part of that licensure is. So you still have to take a test to take the license. So that gives them. You know, 80%, a validation. 70% for the license. That looks good on the resume. 80% for full privilege on every band. Right. So it gives them something. Uh, it gives them a skill. And it gives them a sense of responsibility because I'm thinking along with that license, you can't just open up the mic and fart in a pickle jar. You mm -hmm. have to have substance. You have to, you can't, or you can't do you interference. You have to know the vernacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to and express the yourself. 
with that and the etiquette. Very, Absolutely. Very, very big on etiquette. Right. So, like, I you can't be, curse, maybe? The, the Caratibi Islands in the, uh, in the uh, um, Pacific Ocean, I think it, it's called the Caratibi. There was, a, there was a, a station there that operated and made frequent contacts with people. And you wait your turn. Basically, once ah. once they fin once the last person has said the last word they're going to say, then it's open to calling. So like, uh, and we call that a pile up. Huh. A whole bunch of stations calling at once, and the guy at the other end picks one, and calls it back, and and then everybody's silent. No, nothing, nothing other than this one making it, one guy making his contact. As long as the last word is said, bang, the pile up happens again. And uh, that's uh, something I'm proud about that I am in a radio, is people uh, people conduct themselves with, a, with with an etiquette, an etiquette and civility. That's good. So no cursing, no antagonistic no, it, yeah, or bullying or home any of that crap. So family kind of radio is with, what parameters. with parameters. With <laughs> parameters, family um, kind of radio. So. There are exceptions who are actual actual jerks, and they never get talked to. Oh yeah. You don't talk to jerks. No. <laughs> Can you ban them or block them? or? That's a very difficult procedure. Right. Um, so you mentioned something, and I'm thinking in the old days they'd say over, right? Or yeah. Right? So you don't do that anymore. How do you know when somebody's done talking? Does something come on, or is it a modulation, or what? Well, there's a pause. There's a pause. But how do you know they're not just you know thinking or a pregnant pause that... That they're done, that you're not going to step over their next line. It's pretty easy to see. Usually, what they do is identify. You know, uh, KB1XYZ, this is VY2XU. Oh, okay. And so, okay, so that's our music for the next show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the group that you brought, uh, for lack of a better word, we're going to say broadcast. That wouldn't be the right term, yeah. though. What would you say? Operate. Oh Lord, it is a whole different world, isn't it? So yeah. they're they're not subscribers, they're licensees, and they're not broadcasting. You're operating hand and, and radio also, operator. It's all also known as uh, working a station. Hmm. Instead of listening to it, you're working to get the contact. So going back to the whole global situation, <laughs> how that mm -hmm. we're you know we're sort of like uh, I guess like uh, Poxitani Phil peeking peeking our head out from the from the mole hole that we've been in for two years or two and a half mm -hmm. years with COVID, but now we're in this global crisis, and I think everybody's a little on edge about that. And oh, so yeah, I could I see that ham radio could be like the go-to, like in 2001, everybody mm -hmm. was running to the store because they were afraid that you know our guns, our right to have guns, were going to be taken away. You know, uh, not a big fan of the you know that all. But that being said. Um, I wonder if there's going to be a surge on, on doing this because people are going to be afraid that maybe they'd be off the grid. Well, what happens is, you see, we're not in the in the states. There is a and in southern Canada, or northern Canada, <laughs> there's a uh, there's Aries Amateur Radio Emergency Services. Kind um, of like emergency broadcast system. Well, no, we uh, we team up with the with the emergency services and handle the traffic that uh, that they feel is secondary typically that's what they do they they, they uh, work the work the work the traffic that uh, everything right down to is my wife okay 
Mm. I have at home, I have a uh, bulletin board system running. I, I, I don't know if you remember those. I do. Yeah, where you type in a message yeah, and, yeah. and send it off. I run one of them. Uh, I have 4,000 messages on it. And, uh, so, like in a crisis, in a you crisis, could communicate. I could press that into press that into service, and it would all be automatic. So it it, it automatically goes by, by radio from my radio to pick two from mm -hmm. pick two to uh, um, well either down to what is that place called? Um, Dartmouth. No, there's a, there's another high place there. I forget. Uh, PKT is, a, is the uh, is the call sign. Anyway, uh, and I typically go through um, through uh, uh, Truro and then back down to Charlottetown, and that's my forwarding partner is uh, is uh, Ron McKay in Charlottetown. So we forward we we forward our back and forth connections, and uh, so if there's an emergency, we can fire off a. Signal to Ron's uh, Ron's Ron's uh, BBS and and from there the emergency services in uh, in Charlottetown would be able to pick up the messages. So what? Just what, like email. So what? <laughs> but so what sort of went through a lull of maybe popularity or I'm trying to find the word again. It's not subscriber. What is it? Uh, licensees Operator, yeah. and operators may see a resurgence uh, because of necessity. How does this function? If, like, <clears throat> so I guess I'm going to answer my own question. I would imagine you'd need to, st you can't be completely off the grid. You're going to need electricity to power and, mm -hmm. and yeah, the, the word broadcast uh, to uh, operate. So you would have to run off of a generator. Yeah, mm -hmm. I try to put equipment in one of those generators. Right. I'd, have, I'd so, probably have to run my own station off the generator. Right, so that would be just specifically for, the, for that battery. operation. Or a car battery. Yeah. Right. Okay, so, but like, as opposed to like a cell phone tower or a phone line even. Well, yeah, they all rely well, on So the if the power was out, or we're going to say during Dorian, when we were all out, you could operate by using your, your, your operations your, your, mm -hmm. your, and a generator. Yeah. And be functional. Yeah, I don't, only, only a couple of things need to be powered. But right. the uh, I, I can't understate the importance or over no understate the importance of the my packet radio BBS because it just sits there in the background purring. Yeah. I don't even touch it. I, I look at it every once in a while, maybe once a month, but it just sits there purring and purring and purring. Just processing messages, and uh, and I don't remember the last time I had a personal message on it, but I do want to know one thing for sure: if I turn off the international traffic, we'll just have local, because mm -hmm. I have a I have a lot of international traffic. Well, I was going to ask you, who do you typically? And again, the word broadcast is in my head. So, what is it? Uh, who do you operate to? Well, broadcast would sort of be who do you talk to? I guess. Well, the the um, like, what is your sphere? The sphere right now, the way it sits on the internet, I'm into Europe, uh, um, uh, Australia. Uh, usually, um, the last time I looked, it was Europe, England, a lot of them. Um, and then, of course, all over the United States, and and oh yeah, one one guy in New Zealand that I've known for many years, 
Um, as a matter of fact, he had to, he had cancer back 20 years ago, and I guess he's still running. Still kicking. BBS is up. Well, did you would you say that there are more operators in Europe versus, say, United States and Canada because it's been around longer? United States. The United States has the most. Yeah. One. Uh, because oh, that would make sense. More people. Right. Well, that and there less censorship, maybe. More people. Hmm. So how do they monitor? I mean, it's not a censored vehicle. Complaints so, are made. Like, say, if somebody was, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm just thinking, like, playing the radio or over something. the radio. If they they and, couldn't yeah. do it on. They couldn't do it on Twitter. They couldn't do it on the phone. They couldn't do it on their computer. They can't do it on the cell phone. Could they use that medium for broadcasting? Like, hey, call to arms, everybody, show up at, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Bob's house, and we're going to go storm the Capitol or something. <laughs> I, I know that's a terrible analogy, but well, and I'm would, not they trying would not to be, be met well, and they would not. Well, be, uh, but who would censor that? Who would know? F the, oh. uh, the FCC. Oh, the FCC. Does. Direct, okay, that's direct in the United complaint. States, but FCC is not here. It's CRTC. So. The equivalent here and in every country of the government. I think there's board. one guy sitting in an office in Ottawa, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with, a, like, with a light bulb over. Kind of like YouTube when you use something from Saturday Night Live. It's like, <laughs> we're not that video content's not available in your country. Yeah, right. yeah. and uh, I talked to him, and he um, his job is to investigate complaints. So it would have to be a complaint, like you. Mm -hmm. and so you have to narc on somebody, basically. If you heard, like, uh, okay, Everybody we're, we're going to James Patterson. Okay, <laughs> we're going to James Patterson in here. If you heard of a plot of anything, uh, a, a, a sinister plot, right we'll now, say. Right now, we have a problem in Charlottetown. But no, any of that stuff. We have a problem in Charlottetown with what? Some guy's keying up his radio and playing the radio into it and smashing it around and pushing touchstones. Okay, why? For attention? Or because he's crazy, or because um, needs his fifteen minutes, or is looking to get kicked off. And will they kick you off? Actually, they're suspected that there's a possibility he may be a licensed amateur. And I oh, they don't know who he is. They, we 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 drive around looking at relative signal strengths and can can triangulate people, hmm. and. Uh, that guy in the office in uh, in Ottawa gets a complaint and the information that we found, and he has to follow up. So the guy in Ottawa is from CRTC uh, or government or what? What used to be Industry Canada. There's this great big long multi-name thing to replace it, but I'm I'm licensed in the uh, amateur radio service of Industry Canada. That was the last. And how often do you have to renew your license? Never. It's my Never. Life. It's lifelong. Yeah. So do you have to pay a fee for that? No. Nope. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It's we used to even have to pay a license fee just to be able to play music. You know, they, um, they, 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 it's, I think it's still, act, I think it's every three years in the States. Yeah. Well, it might be it more up. than that. Unless it's a money grab well, now, but yeah. You hold a certificate in the States. Uh, you have to apply for a license, just as I did. And I think you have to pay a fee. Uh, I'm sure for you renewal. do. Yeah. Well, to get your letters too. Mm, there's sort also of. it's also a heartbeat a heartbeat letter. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, in certain situations, you get organizations sending you uh, sending you a letter to just sign and send back. That's the heartbeat letter. What does that mean? 
whether or not you're still alive. <laughs> oh, a heartbeat letter. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Maybe they ought to think about that on on so, voting rights. So the uh, all the three years, um, for, and I believe it is three years. So I I, I may be completely wrong. Have to uh, renew renew the license. I don't know what in the, the states. Is. Yeah, or whatever. But it here, is. but here it's ours for it's ours for life. And I guess before we take a break here, uh, two questions. Number one, um, can they revoke your license for infractions? Yes. After warning, so that that's there's that. The second thing, and also the people who immediately, uh, since it's federal, so the it is federal immediately. Yeah can take charge of the situation is the RCMP. Oh. oh so like if you're doing terroristic things. No, if, if somebody's just, uh, you know, an RCMP officer can actually see somebody jamming with a radio. Jamming? That person, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. screwing with it. Yeah. So yeah. that would, uh, to my knowledge, it's the RCMP. It's, uh, okay. So, and does that exacerbate by when you cross international lines? So, like, if you're talking to people in the United States or in London or in Punjab, um, do you have other? Do you have international law that governs or monitors or takes over to make sure that there's, there's the there's the accepted country list or the uh, the forbidden country list? Uh, Let me guess: name. Iran, Iraq. Stuff like that. Yeah. Really? I, I did work around. Is it political or is it uh, it's for just, safety or what? No, or political in the guise of safety? Sure. Sure. How is that, in this day and age, how is that allowed? I mean, that's sort well, of flies really, in the face of things. Is it because they're worried about... They're worried about the company. The conspiracy? countries are wor worried about information getting out about ah, the country. gotcha. So they're not allowed to operate and we're not allowed to talk to them. On that note, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Inside the 46th Parallel on Island Waves, and our guest today is Dr. Alan D. Beck. We'll be right back. This is Island Waves, your voice from Prince Edward Island. We were born before the wind Also younger than the sun. And we're back. You're listening to Inside the 46th Parallel on Island Waves. And our venerable guest today is the incredible wizard I like to call Dr. Watson Ohms, Dr. Alan D. Beck. So you were going to tell us about, well, two things. We're going to kind of wind this down by tell, you telling us about the future and what the future holds for you in ham radio and what the future holds in general for ham radio. But more importantly, please tell us about Moonbeams. I mean, moon, moon Bounce. bounce moon moon bounce. bounce. Yeah, yeah. Moonbeams, that was uh, Van Morrison. No, that's Moon Dance. Okay, <laughs> tell us. Okay, um, essentially it's bouncing your signals off the moon. Hmm. Uh, so does the moon have to be out, or is it's always out? Well, you have so to be to able to aim at it. See, okay. what you do is you you don't just aim at the moon and uh, expect somebody to hear it. No. You have to establish uh, on shortwave or email or whatever with another station such as in um, Australia that uh, if we could both see the moon at the same time, 
then we can bounce. I don't know if Australia is too far out. It could be part of the United States. Well, they they're twelve hours difference, right? So yeah, that wouldn't make sense. It would no. be uh, it would be a part another part of the United States, right. or Canada. Right. Well, the eastern coast. Yeah, west. Well, western. I would think. Anyway, no, okay. But the bottom line is that they find another station. They make a decision. Okay, at uh, eight o'clock tonight, my time, I'm going to transmit, and you're going to listen. So they 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 have these uh, huge arrays of antennas that like maybe um, up to ten antennas on on a single boom that they point at the moon and they tr usually use something in the order of one thousand watts into these antennas and the moon the signal goes to the moon and bounces off. And then the receiving guy listens to it, and then in turn, they transmit back and forth. Now, this is weak signal work, very weak signal work. And people have come up with ways, automated ways, of getting the signal, receiving the signal that's so low in level that it's impossible to hear, and yet out of your computer comes a... Uh, Comes comes the guy's call sign and a little bit of text. Wow. Um, so does everybody have to like dial into certain coordinates or? It, it's, it's basically should point your antenna at the moon. Oh wow! And but, but you have to physically do that on your board or on your. No, they apparatus. have rotors. They have rotors. Okay. Yeah. So is it all done with computer coordinates? You set the coordinates on the computer. No, or? you set the. Uh, you, yeah, I'd say so. A, a proper moonbound station would be like that. Yeah, I haven't actually seen one, um, but I am going to. There's a guy down in Pamir Island. Oh. Who uh, who's built? He's using a dish, a big dish. Like the old-fashioned microwave, di uh, not microwave, satellite dishes. Uh, satellite dishes. So, Doctor Beck, <laughs> what do you see the future holds for ham radio? And I'm going to kind of A and B it for you, for Alan, <laughs> personally. Uh, it being your passionate hobby, and then I would say universally, like for the world of ham radio in 2022 going forward. Well, ham radio uh, is very much in an, an experimental phase right now. Um, people are experimenting with whatever they can find. And uh, for instance, if I grab a technology, I push it to the outside edge. I push it and I push it and I push it till it won't work anymore. Then you back off. Right. Um, but uh, see, I, I used to do some digital digital modes on shortwave, and I think uh, I think new digital modes on shortwave is where a lot of it is going. Um, an example is uh, typing into your keyboard and looking at the monitor, and um, and there's there's no uh, there's no voice. There's no. You don't hear the sound. All you see is the text from the person you're talking to. Um, now we have different ways of doing this. The very first one was radio teletype. Mm. Um, that was in the 60s and 70s. Um, the, people used to uh, get those big machines, and they'd uh, instead of the uh, the toggling of the um, one state to the other of a right. couple of wires that made them into tones to transmit over the radio. So mm -hmm. that's 
the radio teletype is is the uh, is where it all began. Uh, now we have one mode that uh, you have a whole voice channel, and you're just wiggling one tone back and forth, 31 31.1 hertz, back and forth, and that that carries the intelligence for the conversation. But but the, the apparatus does that. You don't physically yeah. do well, it. Yeah. The nice thing is that we uh, I have a sound card mm. built into my radio, and I plug that into my computer, and I can do anything. Anything I want in any mode, it doesn't matter. One of the big modes right now people are experimenting with is digital voice over shortwave, mm. which means uh, perfect clarity, no mm. noise, just perfect clarity. Mm, I would imagine. This sounds like a naive question, but I am not a licensee, so I'm going to be bold enough to ask it. What is the difference? You use the word shortwave, and then you say ham radio. Are they one and the same? Uh, shortwave to me was my dad had a shortwave radio, and it was this zenith. It was this monolith box, probably mm -hmm. like the old 70s boom box, heavy as anything. And you could play AM, FM, uh, all kinds. I think there was a TV frequency, and mm -hmm. then there was it was shortwave, which meant that when you got to that, I could hear uh, Europe, European radio stations mm -hmm. and really all over the world. So when you say um, shortwave, is that what you're talking about? Or is ham radio and shortwave synonymous to you? They're only synonymous in, uh, to the point that it's being used by us. Um, They're two different things, though? No, but uh, ham radio encompasses the whole hobby. Okay. Shortwave is a statement of frequencies from the beginning to the end of shortwave. So, so 1.8 to the, 30 megahertz. It's the source or the resource. Yeah? It's our, it, it's our space to use. Okay. One thing I, ah. didn't, one thing I didn't mention was that uh, early on, the, the, um, the radio bands were work, worked out for amateur radio operators. And we were given uh, 1.8, 3.5, uh, 7, 21, four, no, 14, 21, and 28. These are channels or frequencies? These are fre frequency bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're sort of tongue-in-cheek. Basically, you guys take that and see if you can use it. <laughs> right, so, and it doesn't interfere with broadcast radio stations. No. Or TV. Well, TV is a whole other thing. But, yeah, it doesn't interfere with the AM or FM. Oh, uh, what do they call that? The, the band. Band, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. So, where do you see this going for you? Where? Do, what do you? I mean, you've already been doing it. You've been doing it for decades. Uh, you love it. It's your passion. Your wife hasn't come after you with the frying pan yet, so that's good. She holds a license, BY2BB. In addition to yours, or she holds your license? She holds her own license. Well, this is wonderful. <laughs> Does she also? Uh, I keep wanting to use the word broadcast, but indulge she likes, me. She likes the uh, keyboard-to-keyboard operating. Mm. Um, so it's quite fascinating. It's a whole genre, if you will. Oh, it's like TikTok for our generation. Better. Because yeah, we're not first, influencing. We're yeah, actually using our brains. <laughs> Personal messaging or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but you see my point. I don't, you know, I've got grandkids that they're all, you know, glued to TikTok, and I just, you know, I don't get it. These nor are, do these I want are them people on that it. have to be exposed to it. You can't just take a VHF radio and impress a teenager. That ain't no, gonna happen. No, but but, but, but the but thing if, is, if you show them something like, uh, 
like uh, PSK um, keyboard to keyboard modes, that would be interesting. Well, if they can ever figure out that they can, you know how the kids all get on together somehow through, I know my grandson has sent me, hey, you want to join our game? And I'm on my, and he's mm -hmm. on the phone. I've heard it, So yeah. if they can ever figure out a way to do this with ham radios where they can play games or build a city, thank goodness kids are more into like, uh, what's that thing, Minecraft and Roblox where they're building, they're not destroying. Mm -hmm. I think there for a while we went through a dark period where they were annihilating everything mm -hmm. and now I think that they're, you know, they're planting gardens, so to speak. Um, so if they could ever figure out a way to pair that, maybe that'll be your thing. Um, work with, I don't know, don't you find it like kind of refreshing to work with, with youth for the most part? Of course. Yeah, yeah. not the 20, over 20s, because mm -hmm. they think that, you know, we're, blank holes and they know everything right and there we have nothing to teach them but the well, younger I, ones seem I had fascinated. some technical training so yeah yeah but yeah. i think the younger ones uh you say 13 so like between 8 and 16 maybe till they can get their license might be well there are good. ham radio courses available where holland uh, college no at uh sponsored by the uh charlottetown amateur radio club oh this is wonderful why, again why don't people tell about that how do you, okay let's give your speech this is to the future generation this is for we're leaving our mark and we're handing the baton over not closing our door but mm. handing the baton over to a newer generation that we could teach our skill they're set they're to. going to want to experiment yeah, but they got to have a start. Telling kids, well, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but you throw them in a room and tell them to experiment. I guess if the equipment's there mm -hmm. and the vehicle's there, well, the problem is they'll they, do they, it. They sit and they look and they say, why would I want ham radio? I can I can talk to them on my cell phone. Well, this is true, and but I find... You can even find, do ham radio over your cell phone. This is true, too. <laughs> uh, like we were talking about chess, right? <laughs> they play chess on the phone. Um, no, but I'm just saying, I think that with... I find that with the younger generation, like if you put them in this room that we're in now, they would learn the technology quicker than I was able yes. to. So if you give them the facilitation mm -hmm. to do it and the nurturing, I, I do they'll do it. I do that at church with sound. Right, but they're not going to do it on their own. So if you go, hey, go on eBay or go on Marketplace or go on whatever and find the equipment put this in your room and start building it, they're not going to do it because mm -hmm. they're going to say, I could just do it on my phone or my iPad. So... What do you see as bridging the gap? Because our knowledge is only as good as what we leave behind to there's others a, to do. There's a problem with all of this. And the problem is you're either bit by the bug or you're not bit by the bug. Because once you're bit by the bug, nothing will stop you to get a license. Yeah, you're smitten. This is true. Yeah. But how do you get them to that? Right now, well, there is zero coming out of, uh, out of the high school. How do you get to that first person? Do you uh, go give a lecture? Demonstrations. Right. Do they still do career day or hobby day? or? Yeah, well, I wouldn't know about hobby day. but uh, Yeah, probably not hobby day. If I was going to teach a, co a, a class in the, in the like, the uh, remember in February we had classes at uh, the high school? No, I don't remember that. You uh, mean the uh, adult school? school? Winter the winter school. school. I didn't know they were doing it. I, still. I, I, I would... Uh, Oh, they are, yeah. Yeah, there's two hours. But so it's I, not I would for youth. do a, a class. You can get the youth involved. Mm. The only way to get the youth involved is get them a class, get them on the equipment, and make it free. What, or tell them they have bursary or well, something. It's got to be a draw. Uh, I have an antenna that I can drape around the room mm. with a radio, 
and uh, and they, I have a special antenna tuner for a loop, 13, 13 feet of wire in a in a, in a triangle, and uh, I was able to work Chechnya. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that was a table. question I wanted to ask you in the last segment was um, what's going on with the ham radio group or the licensees with what's going on in Ukraine? Are you all able to connect there or is it what's going on? I know in Russia everything is closed down. Yeah. I mean, he's not letting anything out unless you can't even see the word war. You'll get shot. Believe it or not. APY brought that down today. They're really cracking down, and mm-hmm. anybody that's, you know, uh, protesting in Russia is, you know, never to be seen again. During well, what's the, going on uh, with the Ukraine? Is there any communication there? Not to my knowledge, but I'd like to contrast that to. Um, remember, we had the uh, earthquake in Haiti. Yeah. So there's a radio frequency, fourteen point three zero zero megahertz that is the international calling frequency for disaster. Mm. So uh, basically a whole bunch of hams gathered together on there listening to, uh, to see if they, we, we, they needed our help. Um, and early on, uh, it was only hams. And then, uh, allow, uh, then the, the uh, Salvation Army uh, group came over and uh, Saturn I think it's called and uh, they said we'll be on this frequency to help uh, for as long as we're needed hmm. so they'd say that every 15 minutes yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it took about three days and also there was a, a, a father a, a priest there who was getting information out through the Saturn network uh, on a radio that he was running off a car battery and the car battery had to be charged up every once in a while so he had to go mm-hmm. off the air but he was he was sending traffic to uh to the Saturn network which then disseminated it to wherever to wherever it needed to go um and so we're talking uh, amateurs sitting up day and night I would imagine and uh just listening and um and if their region was called upon, they'd be called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if we had somebody in a certain place. Um, and then along came Andrews, Andrews Global came on and completely blew <laughs> everybody out of the water. They were loud. And I mean loud. loud meaning, what do you mean? Loud. <laughs> okay, really? Yeah, they, were, they, were, they just pinned everybody's needle. and It was mm-hmm. amazing. It, uh, so what, because they... Why? Because they, they, they just stated all they did. All they did was they were stating that they were on the frequency listening. So all why they would they do that? As part of the emergency effort. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have transmitters all over the world. So. So, but again, going back to Ukraine, so there's been no. Nothing Not to my knowledge coming because, out. Because because they can't because it's blocked or. They're a little busy. Oh, the people that are over there. The people are a little busy. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then there's that, you know, the a lot of them are using the modern day technology. But I would imagine though, given what's going on over there Well satellite phones would be uh would be the way they'd be going. Yeah. It's a whole other show. What do you see for your future here with uh, with uh, ham radio and experimentation? What do you see for experimentation uh, sometimes I get bit by something and I have to do it uh, but a lot of my own stuff 
Uh, I like to operate low power, uh, and I have this antenna that I set up on my uh, my with a tuner on my living room table, and I can talk to people on that. Oh, okay. Um, I, I have fun. So doing you that. don't have to be in your studio no. to do it. Oh, that's interesting. No, not in the shack. Not in the shack. Yeah. So that yeah, so it's your equipment room, <laughs> yeah. but you can do it remotely. Mm -hmm. And as far as getting young people involved with it, what kind of a financial investment is it to start up? Because that uh, could be can, an impediment. You get a, a shortwave radio for five hundred. Right, and that would be everything you'd need, or no, and then there's the licensing. Not, not a, there well, that could no be an impediment. Okay, what <laughs> about having it like at a cent? Well, yeah. So you'd pretty much have to open up your doors to have people. Oh no! You just go out and do demonstrations. We did demonstrations in. Um, of ham radio um, at various venues. The uh, last one I was at was uh, uh, Summerside, and uh, a lot of uh, there was two or three guys there that got their licenses because of the fact we did that demonstration. Oh, huh. Um, and they're and they're contributing to the hobby uh, both by talking on the local repeaters. As well as the the, the uh, as well as um, lending their craft to the hobby. For instance, a young man by the name of Micah is doing all the web web work for Charlton Amateur Radio Club, and that site's never looked better. Oh well, that's fabulous. See, so so, so they br we bring in other other talents that we have into the hobby in order to gotcha. make it bigger. So what kind of a so we know the equipment start you know five hundred dollars okay to get a, a decent ham radio. What kind of fee and what length of time is involved in getting the the license, even the amateur or the initial license? I think it's a uh, a call sign is sixty dollars. Oh, that's not bad. But I I think that's your second call sign. Your first so, call sign is free, and you're allowed up to three call signs oh. and. So you if just apply online? You, you go yeah. to what? So, for example, let's Industry just say Canada. I came to you and I said, Alan, I want to do a start a ham radio uh, operation. You, you get the course. You get the certificate of proficiency in radio. Not anymore. You get the course. You get the license. If you pass the license, if you pass the course done by a volunteer um, examiner. That would be like you? I, I, I'm not a volunteer examiner. Okay. But a volunteer examiner. No, I'm not Ava. No, I'm saying, but through Ava. <laughs> through Ava, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh, uh, they write, as an example, this young guy um, by the name of uh, Tyler McNeil. I met him at uh, at the uh, when we were doing the uh, activation of the Cape Bear Lighthouse, where we set up a station at the light. We we, we do lighthouses. We go okay. around and we do lighthouses. I did not know that. Um, to reactivate the uh, the lighthouse on radio. Um, so all of the PEI lighthouses have yes, that. Yes, no. There, there's a group of us to go around. I'm okay. in the I'm in the uh, lighthouse uh, uh, club. Okay. Um, so we go. We uh, uh, Tyler was uh, was we were talking, and he started talking about technology. And then he started talking about his knowledge of electronics that he gleaned off of uh, uh, YouTube. Hmm. And then he started talking about building amplifiers. And I, 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 I said, you're not, your a interest. <laughs> you're, you're not a hand? And he said, no. I told him, you better 
go go home, write the test, and see where your mark is. And he said it was over 70%. That's good. And uh, so I um, I told him, well, while you're there, write the advanced. <laughs> okay. And he so did, and he passed. both the both, He got 80, more than 80 on the basic, and he passed the... Uh, just past the advanced. So he now has full advanced privileges. That's wonderful. Now, is that because he was able to learn online? And questions. So let's go back to my question about, so I'm just come to you and I say, hey, I want to do this. So what would be your advice? Go to what on the internet and start looking it up? www what? Um, www.rac, standing for Radio Islanders of Canada, Dot com. Dot com or dot ca? Dot ca, I think. And um, also the American Radio Relay League, ARRL. They, uh, they ARRL, American A-double. Radio Relay League. Wait, Amer- say it again. American? American Radio Relay League. So ARRL. They, that, that, that name is, it stands for the relaying of, uh, of, uh, messages so say some kid from the high school wants to you know look into this what would you tell them get online usually i uh usually i have a working radio that i can just lend them and i I lend it to them for maybe a month and then talk to them if they have any interest don't have interest and i take it away but what would they they wouldn't even know the first step though oh i tell them oh yeah 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 (laughs) but so okay so you give them the radio to play with for a month Mm -hmm. then if they had an interest they would go to the website go through the process of applying i guess you know become a subscriber or register or whatever and then go go through through the the course of the radio radio uh... and that's free yeah that's unbelievable so how does this i guess that's a whole other subject but i was going to say how do they operate then i mean the license is 60 bucks you can't go far these days on 60 bucks so is it that they operate by by the numbers by by having the large numbers or are they subsidized and funded who whomever the ham radio licensing i have to i have board. to uh, i have to uh, give 90 dollars to radio Amazon of canada per year per year and, uh, oh, like to be dues? a member, yeah. yeah. And okay. uh, and the A double RL is around uh, sixty. So there is like a subscription. Yeah, for magazines or and or uh, and uh, they claim they uh, they do advocacy with their government as well, protecting our rights. So I guess the last question is, are you happy you made that step a couple of decades ago and got involved with the? Uh, with doing this with ham radio, it's been forty-four years. Forty-four years. That's right. So that's yeah. four decades plus four years. And I can quit anytime I want to. <laughs> Just like all of our vices, I quit coffee every day. <laughs> I quit falling in love. No. Okay. So we have enjoyed this session with Dr. Alan Beck, our venerable Dr. Watson Holmes, and BY2XU. Yeah, BY2XU, and he is available if anybody wants to contact him. Just Look on the streets of Montague sometime, and he's the one with the broadcast tower. Like John Mitchell said, if you're riding into town and the dark clouds above you, find me the station on the tower above you. So uh, thank you uh, for your time and all your efforts and for keeping ham radio alive and interesting. 
and your passion because we're, what we're, where would this world be without it? And I predict, and I hope I'm wrong, I predict we're going to see a, a surge in ham radio operations in the next, in this next decade, and mm -hmm. I think sometime in the short future. I think people are going just like, just like they found out what they could do and what their resilience was during COVID, and they reinvented themselves and found out that their kids weren't such dorks that they really did mm -hmm. like them, you know. And I think they're going to find out that there's a that's a whole new avenue for them. Yeah. Uh, when the cell phone tower is down, they can still be on, and they could still communicate. We're it. We're it. If cell phone towers go down, right? we're pretty well it. Yeah, and and I like I said, Along if you can find a way to marry in playing. Minecraft or Roblox or mm -hmm. any game that they're into playing, you know, because they, they get on and they, they there's like 50 kids playing together and they're not even in the same province or state, you know, they're they're just all coming in playing. So if you can find a way to marry that, that the two, mm -hmm. I think you'd have a generation of kids starting at age seven or eight. Well, I wouldn't say seven or eight, but... Uh, because they're not smart enough or because they're not responsible enough? Ah, I'll take a seven or eight year old's maturity sometimes over a seventy year old's. <laughs> but that being said, thank you for spending this time with us today, Alan. And uh anybody that wants to know more, like I said, just look up Alan D. Beck. And He's I'll, the man. I'll just say something ham radio wave. Okay. Seven three. Oh gosh. From BY two XU. Seven three has to be like signing best off. Oh best regards. Yeah. What happened to ten four? That's not used. Seven three. No, well, you know, in the restaurant there business, was, uh, in we Morse ate code, six things. In Morse code, you had to you had to abbreviate. Seven three. So Where's my flashlight? No, there's um, the just the end here. The seven three means best regards, and they use that in Morse code messages as an abbreviation, and there's other numbers that are used for abbreviations. What is it, 7-3? 7-3 is best regards. So 7-3, and what's peace? Don't ask me that. I, <laughs> I, I stumped them. <laughs> this is a first, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, you have been listening to Inside the 46th Parallel on Island Waves. I'm your host, Virginia Winter. Tune in again. We'll have something interesting, maybe even you. Good day. You've been listening to Island Waves, the voice of Prince Edward Island. <laughs>